Corona Cigar Company is your one-stop shop for all your cigar needs. Whether that's a brand new humidor, this is episode 225 of How About That Cigar, recorded live at the Corona Cigar Studio. We have Reinhard Pahoritz on the show to talk about Light Em Up World, Mirafell Cigars, and some other industry topics. Please take a minute to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you never miss an episode. Now on with the show. How about that cigar? Well, how about that cigar? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Corona Cigar Studios for episode 225 of How About That Cigar Live. Thank you so much for joining us while we are here live on Facebook, live on YouTube, and if you're listening after the fact on the audio podcast. Guys, thank you so much for making How About That Cigar a part of your regular audio podcast rotation. Uh, take just a minute while we're live. Share us out with your favorite Facebook cigar groups. Let everybody know we're live. Join us in the comments. As always, let us know what you're smoking and let us know what you're drinking along with us. Uh, we have a fantastic special guest coming on in just a couple minutes. Uh, so if you have any questions, you can also leave those in the comments along with us. And it's I, I kind of feel lonely right now. Why is that? Because I think we need to get somebody on screen here. You think, Mister Mister Super Duper Producer Extraordinaire? I think that's Jesse smokes. That might be like enough, Super Duper. I think it's more. I think it's like ultra superlative, expialidocious, <laughs> producer. You guys are just full of jokes. What's up, everybody? <laughs> it's uh, it's cold. Cold. It, what do you mean cold? No, what do you mean? It's, it's cold. like one of the it warmest beautiful. days of the week. It's cold. It's cold. I mean, it's Aww. once it get. Honestly, I'm such a baby. The older I get, I'm such a baby. It gets below sixty, and I start like. Even the dolphins make you cry. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I just can't take it. I can't take it. I'm, I thought it was beautiful. I, I injured my arm last week yeah. too, so I'm I'm like being more of a crybaby than usual. Yeah, I I stretch some tendons in my arm. And, so many jokes I can go with. Right oh there. yeah, yeah. There's the, the so joke. They write makes, themselves yeah. basically. So so what didn't make you cry this week though? You're gonna tell us the news. Uh, the new oh what I'm, news about the Green Bay, Green Bay Packers beating oh. Kansas City. So this this is that very sports. You what? you came up with a sports Holy Justin with the sports reference. Nice. I'm so proud of you. Oh. You're growing as a person. Oh, I mean, <laughs> even I even though I know you really don't actually watch sports, and that's okay. I, I, I see I'm some highlights here, <laughs> highlights here and there. Yeah, game playing a. a, a, a like little Barbie birthday party I was at this weekend for my oh Barbie fiance, birthday party yeah little niece so they're oh, watching the game in nice. between there oh yeah yeah I I still I mean the fact that the the Packers beat the Lions on Thanksgiving was one thing but then to beat Kansas City um, I mean both the I I think it's arguable that Kansas City and Detroit are two of the best Better teams team, in yeah. football. You know, probably I'd say they're both top six or seven teams, definitely top 10 teams. Yeah. And for Green Bay to start out so shitty at the beginning of the season and to just progressively improve, steadily improve, I think it's a great thing to, to watch. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited. How can yeah, you not be excited? Be. I'm sorry that your Jets. They stunk lost. again and the Vikings didn't play. So that's a win for us. Vikings didn't lose. But let's talk about the real travesty this weekend. What is that? College football. Oh, yeah. Ooh. How do you jump from eight to four to get in it? That is a bunch of BS. 
Alabama does not deserve to be in the championship rounds. And that's all I want to say about that. Well, I I can't I won't say that I disagree with them being in the championship round. What I disagree with is Florida State being out. Well, who else are you gonna keep out? The other teams are undefeated too. It should have been Florida State. And then I know they say they're down to the third quarterback. Okay, then how about you put the team that beat Alabama this year, Texas, that was ahead of them? Yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't like the way the system is set up. No. And I'm not saying you're not saying I'm, it's rigged. I'm, that's just it. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm not saying that there's like this room of, you know, uh, you know, old guys in suits, you know, you know, with their maniacal laughs trying to figure out how to screw all the fans. I just think the system itself, it's because flawed. it's it's run by a committee. It's yeah. actually called the committee. Yeah. And you can't it you can't do that. You got there's there's enough smart people in the world who can take the actual stats on paper and this versus strength of schedule, strength of division or conference, all that stuff and come up with an algorithm to make the perfect bracket for the same way they do for college basketball. Yeah. I mean college basketball has it pretty dialed in. They can do the same. There's enough smart people to put all this stuff on paper and but, spit out the right results. But saying all that next year's format going to 12 teams, I think that will help. That would help, but there's still yeah. going to be 13 and it's going to be bad. Mad. I know. There's and the, that's just it. There's always going to be teams and fans that are pissed off yeah. because their team didn't get in. But as long as they don't get in for the right reasons, like if on paper at the end of the day, it's like, look, you didn't make it in. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but you just didn't perform well enough versus just some people in a room making decisions with way too much of an arbitrary spin to it. I think it should be more analytics based. I think you found your new job career. There you go. There so you go. I'll, I'll switch careers at 52. No yeah, problem. problem. You got that. <laughs> <laughs> so um, all of you guys know how I usually bring him a mystery bourbon whiskey. Oh, well, yeah. I changed it up on him and I brought him a rum. So it's it's Puerto Rican rum month. It's just rum, mainly. I, yeah. There yeah. we go. But the Caribbean is known for its rum. So there you go. She's so clean. She's crystal. That's it's a nice. nice. Uh, it's I, I mean, I'm going to take I've been. I poured it in the glass about 20 minutes ago. Yeah. It's it's had some time to to breathe and mellow out a little bit. It smells fantastic. Uh, you said this is Cologne. from uh, San Lucia, San Lucia. Yeah. None of you guys answer because I know one of you guys are looking. Jason, he'll look up. He'll look it up. Oh my gosh, it's good. It's good. It's it's a little thin. You know, I, I'm a texture mm. guy. It's a little thin, but. Uh, there's there's really no bite to it. It's got nice smoothness, nice sweetness, a little bit of funk, mm. but not not like a bourbon kind of funk, more like a, a rum kind of funk, you know, where it's I think this is most likely an agricole rum and not a molasses rum. Which yeah, you got me on that one. It's more natural than than just, just basically made. It's made or colored with, you know, it's it's more of a natural process than a. It's not like I'm a mixologist product. or something like somebody else we know. I know, right? Uh, one one other thing I got to... Oh, sorry. You were going to say something. No, go ahead. So I, I was... We mentioned last week that the Minnesota Wild coach got fired. Yes. They've actually been doing okay since he got fired. I'm not saying that they're playing better because because that 
it's it's so common that in any sport, if they fire the coach or the manager mid-season, then all of a sudden the team goes on a little bit of a hot streak. Yep. But that does does do I think that they're going to turn the season around? No, no. I think they're they still have horrible injuries and they got rid of too many key players. But they had they just have to play better. But let's go on the other side of the city. Let's go to Minneapolis. Okay. How about them T Wolves? That's okay. Yeah, and that's people, shocking. People know I don't. Fo- I stopped following basketball about since when Jordan got out of the league. No, it was it was <laughs> it was about twenty. Well. 20 years ago. So after the Timberwolves had a good run in like two Oh four Garnett with Garnett's. And then we lost Garnett to the Celtics. Um, I really just quit watching the game and there wasn't any reason for it. It wasn't like I was pissed off the league or I just, you know, that's, that's right around the time that, you know, kids started coming into my family and, you know, uh, wanted to just, pick and choose things to not spend so much time on. And one less sport for me to spend time watching was probably a good thing. Hmm. Uh, but I love it. I think they've only, have they only lost like three games? I don't know. I know they're in a chair. They really are doing well. And um, I, I won't say it's surprising from some of the uh, analysts that I've seen talk about basketball so far this season, but they're, if they keep playing like this, there's no reason they shouldn't be a playoff contender. Oh yeah. So I think it's uh, it's going to be fun. I may even watch some games this year. Who knows? May even go to one. May even go to one. Yeah. As long as I got my bulletproof vest and my gray. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's getting a little rough in Minneapolis. You know, you gotta gotta be careful, especially at night. Yeah, but you know the worst crime? What's that? Is there's a there's a cigar lounge oh, in Minneapolis. This. Oh my goodness! So the for those National Guard out for those of you who don't know, there's a city councilwoman in Minneapolis that just introduced a new bill, and you can read about this on Half Wheel. That just introduced a new bill to so there's the in the article and in the bill that this city councilwoman wrote, she calls it a loophole. It's not a loophole, but that's the word she uses. Hmm. So in the state of Minnesota, there's an open regulation for uh cigar shops or uh tobacco shops that also sell hand rolled premium cigars and it's it's a it's a sampling rule basically where a customer can go in and purchase a product and if if the shop owner agrees to it then that customer can sample that product they on site sit down and they, enjoy exactly. premium cigar exactly and uh, this city councilwoman uh, is trying to get rid of that, hmm. and yeah. that will affect not. So it's starting off with Anthony's, which, which is in northeast Minnesota or northeast Minneapolis. No, south side. South side. South sorry, side. Yeah. Uh, and it's in, and it, it it would affect Anthony's immediately because yep. of that's the uh, district, I guess, where um, this city councilwoman uh, rep th- that she represents. Yep. So, uh, for all our Minnesota viewers and listeners, um, uh, go to Half Wheel and and just search Minnesota, and you'll see the article there. And I think there's some information in there how you can go to the page of that city councilwoman and uh, send her a note. Be respectful and be adult about this, and be classy. You know, be classy and like just are. just say, look, we appreciate 
you, but we disagree completely with what you're doing. Uh, make your voice heard because that's what we have to do as, you know, cigar smokers. Yep. Uh, so let's get our super, let's get our on. special guest on the show guys. And as always on how about that cigar live special guests are brought to us by our friends at drew Estates. And Drew Estate originally introduced Chateau Real in 2007. Not long after that launch, this cigar brand mysteriously disappeared, and the story became that only of folklore, legend, and even controversy. Now, Drew Estate, Chateau Real makes a triumphant return exclusively at Drew Diplomat Digital Retailers, a luxurious blend crafted to highlight the cigar's Connecticut shade forward flavor. Its balanced blend of well-aged Nicaraguan binder and filler tobaccos are wrapped in a beautiful Connecticut shade wrapper leaf. This cigar is available in Robusto, Toro, and Churchill, only at Drew Diplomat Online Premium Cigar Retailers, presented in 20-count boxes. For more information, please visit DrewEstate.com. All right, ladies and gentlemen, if you would, please. Help us out. Put your hands together. Welcome to episode 225 of How About That Cigar Live from Light 'em Up World and Marifel Cigars. Reinhard Poretz, welcome to the show, my friend. Welcome, brother. Thank you so much for having me. And a very good evening to all of you. It uh oh, and, good morning and to and you, a very sir. good morning <laughs> to you, sir. Uh 3 46 a.m. Oh, uh, yeah. Spot on. If I'm not mistaken, uh, and uh, we know it's an early hour for you, and and uh, we're we're grateful. It's been uh, it's been a while since um, since we've seen you in person, but this is your first ever appearance on How About That Cigar Live. Welcome, brother, and we are grateful to have you on. I'm so grateful to be here. Thank you very much for having me. It's a privilege, really. So uh, normally right now we ask what our guests are smoking, but we know you're unable to smoke in your current location. But if you would, please, two things. Let us know the beverage, oh, oh, sure. the lovely beverage that you're enjoying. Uh, and also tell us just a little bit about that beautiful artwork behind you. Um, so, in fact, I'll, I'll be chewing a little bit on, on, on this little sucker here. Um, but nice. um, I poured myself a glass of cognac. One of my great coffee, I heard, which I happen to have a certain involvement or used to have a certain involvement with. In fact, I was I was just responsible to to get that juice into the bottle. And um, the artwork behind me is, in fact, from a very good friend of mine uh, who is a, a truly up and coming artist, a young lad from from Austria. He's doing some fabulous stuff, and he made this one specifically for me inspired by the art of cigars and mm. uh, smoke and, and the enjoyment of premium cigars. So I'm very proud to to have this um, here with me and uh, to share it with you as well. At I least love it. That's a great piece. I love it. Slightly um, disturbed by my uh, somewhat tired face at 348 in the morning. <laughs> you don't, you, you you don't look tired you. at all. You look fantastic, my friend. Thanks for having me again. Oh, of course. Cheers to all of you. And uh, um, if you, you you happen to to have a Saint Lucia rum uh, in your glass, because that was a guess. Um, well, I I had the privilege of visiting the only one remaining distillery on, on Saint Lucia, and uh, that was a Don't magical uh, visit, I have to say. 
Don't tell him. If, if it's an ugly cold, then I hope it's Damoiseau, which is one of my favorites. But uh, in any case, you'll enjoy it. And uh, I'll have my little cognac with you. Oh, that's very nice. Salut. It's very nice. This Here's my end. Um, and I think I'm going to get my cigar fired up. But uh, again, thank you for sending us some beautiful cigars to uh, yeah. to uh, enjoy and feature on the show uh, tonight. And you know, a couple of weeks ago with, with Jeremiah, we, we were able to experience these for the first time. And, you know, no, fabulous. Yeah. No, no, uh, um, you know, fluff or flattery whatsoever. Just honest, real talk. These cigars are incredible. They are absolutely incredible. So, um, I think it's time for me to, uh, get this fired up. So give me a sec. I'm going to get our little friend here. Get Get our booty boy. Yeah. I'm smoking the mirror. Again, Good I absolutely love this cigar. It's phenomenal. The, the retro hail is so clean and so smooth. Oh, it's a fabulous cigar. Thank you again for these. Well, here's our here's our little friend, Saka Squatch. Um, as you know, we have our uh, Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust Toast Cam. So it's time for me to get my cigar fired up uh, on that very same Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust Toast Cam. Here we go. When lighting your cigar, it's important to be patient, pay close attention to detail, and focus on the tobacco. In the same way, Steve Saka brings those same qualities to the ultra-premium cigars of Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Patience, close attention, and focus on the tobacco are the qualities that Saka and Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust have become known for. From Sober Mesa to Umbagog, Dunbarton has a blend that will fit your palate, your mood, and any occasion. Visit DunbartonCigars.com to learn more. It's amazing. I keep I I can do that all without even moving my lips. Told you, you went to school of angelicism. It's a pretty big cigar. Very nice. Oh, it's this is this is happening. So good, so good. All right, let's get our little friend out of the way. Okay, Reinhard, deep, hard hitting questions here on the program this evening. Um, Bring it up. Well, obviously, one of the first things that we love learning from our guests, uh, because everybody's everybody's introduction to cigars is is different, and there's so many unique stories out there. So, tell us about your introduction to the world of premium cigars. If you remember what that first cigar may have been, where you were, who you were with, that kind of thing. I remember it as if it were yesterday. Reason being, um, don't ask me why, but there was always something appealing to me about the idea of a well-dressed gentleman or lady having a proper drink and sitting down for a cigar. And when I was 18, when I turned 18 of legal age, I went to a local American bar in the city center, dimly lit in a basement uh, with a a, a black piano with leather going all around so you could sit at the piano um, jazz music dimly lit and back in those days you could still smoke indoors so I sat down and I had my first ever cocktail and my first ever cigar mm. nothing spectacular um, I have to confess I didn't really know much about cigars back then and I'm still only a student right now many moons later but um 
It was a, a machine made a short filler cigar called Candlelight with a Brazilian wrapper. Hmm. And by, by sheer coincidence, uh, the tobacconist uh, around the corner from where I live, still to this day, uh, does not really have a proper humidor or full-fledged cigar setup. So those were pretty much the only cigars that they carried. I mean, there, there were different ones, but I was just uh, drawn to the Brazilian wrapper. So I went yeah. <laughs> well, and I, I, I appreciate the fact that you said um, still still that you're still just a student uh, because uh, and honestly we all are and sure. and even some of the people in the tobacco in the world of premium tobacco and premium cigars uh that that we all know um whether whether we know them personally or whether we know them through shows like this um so many of the what we consider as consumers and and lovers of the art of great cigars we consider them to be some of the greats of the industry yet they say about themselves that they're still learning and that they always will be. And, and, and there's, uh, there's something to be said for that. I think whether it's somebody who, who uh, produces cigars or somebody who produces fine spirits or uh, a, a great brewer, you know, that they're, they're always exploring, they're always learning and they're always uh, humble about that. I think you have to do that in life though. In general, I agree. In life, I agree. Yeah. If you don't keep learning and, and evolving, almost, you know. Yeah. And yeah, that pushes in the cigars and bourbons and everything else. Yeah, it's when we it's when we feel like we've got it all figured out that then you get hit with a sledgehammer. Something comes along. <laughs> <laughs> what? Uh, be boring. I mean, I'm I'm just such a curious mind by, by yes, and and always have been right. So, I I feel the moment you you stop or you think you know it all what's left right mm -hmm. so I, that wouldn't be me or it's not for me at yeah. least yeah and that's that's one of the things that we you know we have we have come to enjoy about uh the show that you do which we're definitely going to talk about a little bit uh but i also am curious um sort of about your 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 life you know before where you're at now with light em up world and marifel cigars and that you've 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 had some interesting experiences, so uh, Raul's going to ask a little bit about. Uh, uh, let's let's hear about your mixology and that adventure. Yeah, and becoming one of the best in the world. So, let, let me start even before that. Um, I, I told you about that experience when I I, I went to that dimly lit American bar mm -hmm. and um, had my first drink and my first cigar. Um, Again, nothing special in terms of the cigar, and and the drinks weren't um, all too fancy either. I think I I had a BBC they called it back then, Bailey's Banana and Cream. So you, mm. you can imagine how that went. <laughs> but, um, the the thing is, uh, it I I always feel like I I'm I'm, a, I'm an old soul in a young body, I but I had that love and appreciation for the finer things in life, for craftsmanship and uh, a simple honest, humble product done by hand. I come from a very simple and humble background. Um, not to say poor upbringing, but, but, but just a, a normal working class family. And we never had much, but we had the family table. And so the earliest memories that I can recall always evolve around sitting around the table with my family or standing in the kitchen with my grandfather 
kneading dough and and baking bread and and all these luscious scent memories um, of we used to have a particular loaf of potato bread that smelled incredibly sweet and, and yeasty and, and, and just delicious. And whenever I came home, the entire hallway, everything was filled with that beautiful scent. And there I felt safe mm. and at home and, and comfortable. And I think we all have that, those wonderful memories that are always linked to our sensory perception, to to food and drink and, and smell and taste that immediately transport us back in time to a place we consider home or a place of comfort. And there's a certain fascination around that that always stuck with me. And I did a, a few things in, in life, right? I, I studied social economics. I worked with handicapped pupils, um, skiing instructor and almost became a professional drummer. But um, eventually the, the way led me back to my roots, as I consider it, and to that very passion evolving around food and drink, smell and taste, sensory perception in general, and the transformative power of, of an experience that you can have just for yourself or share with other people but that is so deeply linked with your sensorium and with your emotions. And there's reasons for that, you know, that you can scientifically research even as to how our sensations of scent in particular uh, are, you know, directly wired with our limbic system mm -hmm. and with a certain part in our brain that is also responsible for memories and emotions. And, and that's why there is even such a thing like soul food or these these memories uh, that, that will immediately transport you back in time. So I ended up at the Wine and Spirit Education Trust um, with very little previous experience about wines, to be honest. But there it was, the first glass in front of me for a blind tasting. And I had learned all these things about history and geography and soil and climate and terroir and th the one thing that i love about these handcrafted products whether it's it's a great produce it's it's a great meal whether it's a wonderful drink or a cigar it's all linked with the people with the land it's an expression of of history of of, of cultures mm -hmm. and yet you can smell it, you can taste it, and you can immediately perceive it and, and, and get, a, get a grasp for it through your perception. And to link that, the, the rich learning with the actual sensory experience, for me, was the magic. And that just, you know, was the, the, the light bulb moment and, and, and when I fell down the rabbit hole and embarked on this whole journey of, of sensory and, and, and the gourmet world and the finer things in life. And so that stuck with me. I specialized on spirits in particular and fortified wines, um, became an officially cognac educator with the BNIC, um, sherry educator with the Consejo Regulador, certified advisor of spirits. And because I also wanted to put a more practical side to it, um, I started um, bartending and soon then started to develop an international network 
I had the privilege and honor of um, serving as a, as a bartender and mixologist at the world-famous American Bar de Savoy in London, which back then was awarded world's best bar and is probably the oldest bar still in existence, um, responsible for iconic creations like a hanky-panky cocktail from, from Ada Coleman, who used to serve as a head bartender there. Um, helped cope in a gin craft distillery in London. And I worked for a consultancy company before moving back to Austria and starting my own business um, about 10 years ago. And so, yeah, the, there were all sorts of different entrepreneurial spotlights here and there and uh, certain things that I was, I was fortunate to experience throughout my career. Um, and it was always somehow linked to those very early memories of mine and, and, and to my roots, as I said. And I'm, I'm grateful that through my professional endeavors, I could rediscover yeah. the whole world and, and truly where I come from. You said you have an old soul and a young body. How old are you? If 35. You asking. Done a lot for a 35-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> I, as I said, very... I just consider myself fortunate in that sense, you know? And um, it's... It's crazy how time flies and uh, <laughs> probably a sign of getting older that uh, you repeatedly hear yourself uh, referring to that. Uh, but I just try to make the most out of my time in the days that I'm blessed with. Yeah. Well, and I really appreciate the fact that you, I mean, I, I appreciate this journey that you've been on because that's, I think, also something that's really important. And, and I'm speaking in terms of uh, sensory experiences because I agree with you 100%. And I've learned a lot of this from people in the world of premium cigars. I've learned of a lot of it from people in the world of wines uh, specifically. that, And even some American spirits that the, the sensory experiences are way more linked than a lot of people realize and and maybe even people come to gain a greater understanding for and respect of the craft that goes into these products and like you said reinhard the people and the cultures that that go into these products um because they they end up going together with whether it's wine in a particular country or region of that country with the I, I mean like southern italian food can have very different characteristics than northern italian food and the same is true with southern italian wines and northern italian wines or wine uh wines and foods from different regions of france or spain or portugal and the same is true with um with cigars from nicaragua or dominican republic or Cuba or Honduras and the and the beverages that people enjoy in those cultures and the foods that people eat in those cultures and it really does when my eyes were open to it and I continue to try to dive in as much as I can because I'm fascinated by the way all these things go together and I learned from a sommelier years ago that this little rhyme that helps to just bring me back and remind me to focus on flavor and aroma is that what grows together goes together. And I, I keep that in my mind at all times. And even just here around town, 
when I'm at a restaurant locally uh, or a local microbrewery or a distillery that's local and just trying to, you know, even having fun with my wife or friends of ours, just taking a few, you know, little brief moments during those gatherings with friends and family to stop for a minute and just take a really close notice of what I'm smelling, what I'm tasting and try to, I almost play a game with myself to try to decipher it. Um, have you, have you kind of felt the same way as you in your travels and in your experiences with learning about different tobaccos and learning about how, how being able to pair things with cigars or being able to pair different beverages with foods that sometimes we get so caught up in the busyness of things that we have to take little moments to stop and just notice what's going on with the food and the drink. Look, honestly, I believe we need to be more deliberate and mm. we need to be more attentive and appreciative of so many little moments and treasures in our lives. Just the, the moment when you pour a glass and when you when you take a scent and you take a sip or when you when you cut your cigar and when you light it and take that first puff. Just take that moment and, and be present and let it embrace you with all it has to offer with all the charm and the uniqueness and the, the, the coziness and warmth of it no matter how busy life around you might be and in fact that's what i always loved about the world of cigars for me a cigar it means time it's the time that you take for yourself all the time that you present other people with when you when you share that experience and that's magical mm. it's a mystical moment and and to to be reflective and to take that moment deliberately and sit back and reflect that is so precious and so important and today more than ever i think we have forgotten that or we're on the verge of losing that because life is so busy and there's always something going on the world is just outright crazy with everything that's going on and then you throw technology and digitalization and artificial intelligence on top of it and it just becomes a becomes a huge mess and in that take those moments and and just reflect and let the experience embrace you is more important than ever so I can very much relate to everything that you said, Matt. I, I couldn't agree more with you. And I truly hope that some of my work can be an inspiration for other people or an invitation to also take these precious moments and just enjoy them and embrace them for what they are, as, as small as they might be or as short as they might be. But those are those mini moments every single day that will just take your life to a whole new level i feel yeah absolutely I, I used, if, if i may share this with you you know definitely I, I yes offer in in lectures and, and seminars that i gave i i used to offer um, a thought for 
for the evening, whether you say your evening prayers or you, you, you just sit down and reflect or meditate at night, you know, think about three moments that made you happy that day. As humble and, and simple or irrelevant as they might be, you know, just the sheer fact that I'm sitting here with you and having a great conversation with a wonderful beverage and an incredible cigar in, in front of me, you know, that is such a precious moment. And when you, when you look back on your last day and you just reflect on three moments of pleasure or joy that you had, and you take that feeling, that sensation to your heart, and you, you just say your, your gratitude and say your thanks for it, and you do that every day, not only does it bring you joy for that day, but you will find yourself looking for those specific moments every day thereafter, because you know, at night you have to sit down and you have to reflect on three things that, that were memorable and beautiful that day. And you become more attentive to those little sparkles of magic. Mm -hmm. And it, I feel it has a transformative power and this beautiful thought. And um, people who know me will, will always say I'm a, I'm a hopeless optimist and um, may, maybe a bit stubborn in my, I well, you could call it maybe idealistic or just positive and, positive and hopeful um, perspective on, on life. But um, I'd rather have it that way than, than any other way. Well, I, I would, the term I would use is, is you are a romantic <laughs> and, and that is, I say that in the best possible terms in which, in, in that you, if you take, if you take positivity and you take a reflective nature, personally reflective and reflective on, on your, your thoughts and the, the people around you and the moments in life reflective on your place in this world and, and your responsibility as a part of this world and, and things like that. And then tie that, tie all that in with appreciation for the things that are around you. Um, I, I mean, that brings me back to the, uh, that's the term that just fits. It's it, you are a romantic and that's what romanticism is that whether you're talking about the, the, you know, that period in history called, you know, the romantic period, whether it's the composers or the artists, uh, the painters, the sculptors, the writers, that's, that was their, their outlook was taking all, all the, all the, the art from that period was doing just that was, um, with, with deep appreciation, looking at the moments around them and, it it just seems like that's that's how you that's how you live and i think i i love it i think it's fantastic we could all definitely learn from that sure Th thank you for saying that matt and and one thing i would like to add is it's it's not just about being you know blind to what's happening in the world or just um, you know running around like a like a, a pink pony and everything is beautiful and happy and dandy. Right. It, we all know life's not, not always that. And um, I, 
it, it was tragic circumstances that even led me on, on my path of, of my professional career. You know, it was a severe illness that um, forced me to reconsider life and, 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 and rediscover my roots. And I think there's always tragic elements to every person's story and um, to everyday life. Mm-hmm. But if I can myself think about how do I want to reflect on every day and how do I want to perceive life in the world around me, why not do it in a most positive and appreciative way and grateful way? Because so much of our reality is composed by our reflections and our perceptions and the way we we think about our relationships and and the things that happen to us with us and 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 by us and if that's the case then if if we all had a a little more love and appreciation and positivity for ourselves and to share with other people how beautiful of a place the world could be you know and i i i firmly believe that we just need a bit more positivity deeply engraved in in our hearts and souls and in our dna in order to be able to to share that with other people and 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 make the world a beautiful place yeah you know i think you and jeremiah just your the way you're talking and he brought it up as a, a light he wanted to be a light in yeah. everyone's day and you have that same aura about you that you want to give the light out um i think that's beautiful i, I well you tell you guys are close and you, and you work together a lot and that's that's a great segue because one of the things that um because you you and i have only talked in person briefly reinhardt and um you know i'm so grateful to have this time to to really uh get to know you better because I'm very curious how you and the Marifel family, you know, came to know each other and how that turned into a, a professional relationship. Well, to be honest, when I first met Jeremiah and we were having a conversation similar to, to this one here, something clicked and I think we both realized that there was a special tension and a special mm. relationship and connection and connectivity at the same time based on shared values and the way we look at things the way we reflect about life and uh, experience enjoyment and based on that a special relationship was formed from the get-go that we fortunately had the privilege of, of, of deepening and exploring and uh, getting to know each other better um, before we started exchanging ideas and spoke more about um, concepts that that could possibly be created um, and then eventually jeremiah asked me and still to this day i'm i'm very humbled by that and extremely grateful for it if i could imagine dedicating some of my time and my resources and energy to his 
project of heart. I, I can't say it any other way, you know, to his life's quest expressed in a an incredible cigar. And I, I dare calling it a I, I don't even know what to say it, you know, whatever you say, it doesn't do justice to it because it's it's neither a cigar nor a project nor a brand nor nor a business. Hmm. It's just a it's a vision. It's a dream that took form or that materialized in what the family has always been dedicated to. And that is the very best tobaccos and wonderful cigars. And that manifestation is extremely precious and something that I felt privileged to really dedicate my time and my energies towards. And, and that's how eventually we, we found each other and um, started to, to work together on this vision and, and that materialization of it in form of Mariful Cigar. Do you, uh, t I'm curious as a story when you first met Jeremiah, uh, where, w what event was it at an event? Was it at a, uh, how did that come to pass? So it, it was, um, it was quite, quite a few years ago where, um, we first met because of the challenging circumstances of that time during a light em up lounge. Hmm. Screen to screen. And that's what strikes me is even then it was like my, my screen was on fire and like something special happened right then and there. And I immediately knew there is a very special connection with that human being I was privileged to have a conversation with for the last two hours, three hours. I, I don't even know how, how long we've been on the show, but yeah, it, it, it was one of these moments, you know, kindred spirits. Absolutely. Like, like-minded and, and Soulmates, I partners, whatever you yeah. want to call it, you know, it was special. And well, and I'm, I'm thinking to back to something you said a few minutes ago about, you know, when I had brought up the romantic period and things like that. And, and you mentioned, you know, tragedy and that's actually very that, that's a great um observation on your part that that you know things because if you look at if you look at world history actually just before and during the romantic period it wasn't great um there was a lot of bad stuff going on around the world and yet the and and this happens so often with artists of all different types of art throughout history that they they use their art and they use their voice to either distract from the tragedy for people's the sake of people's mental health and their own mental health or they they can also they they can delve into the tragedy yep. to in order to tell a story and and so that future generations know almost in a historic uh preservation type of way but there's there's something to be found in the balance and this is just all just kind of hitting me and and i've i this is maybe you know run run through my brain at some other 
point in my history, but there's something to be found in the balance and, and you see it in life in, in the circumstances that we go through on a daily basis as people, as members of our families, our relationships with people, the ups, the downs, the, we have family and friends who we love dearly, who go through illnesses. Uh, We lose family and friends. Um, We have, you know, we have areas that are torn by war or famine or, or all other types of, you know, problems. Yet there seems to be something within the artists who support those communities that brings about a balance that can, that can shine a light. It can shine a light and it can also um, be a moment to, to, focus on something beautiful instead of something that maybe is going around going on in your life or around your life in your community. That's, that's, uh, that's not good. And I, I'm thinking now of food and cigars and wines and spirits and the things that we consume and balance is so important because in a great cigar, if it was all just sweet, it would not be a great cigar. The bitterness has to be there to balance it out. And the same is true with the meal. The bitter, it has to be balanced, sweet and bitter and salty. And, and the texture has to be there. And sometimes the texture is rough in different foods. And, but that's, that's life. I mean, sometimes the texture of our life is rough. And, and so many of the things that we, if whatever our circumstances are, if we're able to take a minute, like you said, Reinhardt, and find those lights, find those moments of light and focus, then there's always going to be a balance between the sweet, the salty, the bitter, and and whatever else. The sour. You know, the sour. Oh yes. Yes. And we, man, I'm just sorry. my you, Just the way you think and the way you express these things. Reinhard just really takes me into this philosophical, um, introspective kind of realm, and I, I, I dig it. I just really, it, it really kind of opens my mind to just start Thank thinking you. through life processes and things like that. And it's, I appreciate it very much. Thank you so much. And um, not only do I think about it the same way, but to to add to that, also, I think there is a transformative power in every aspect of, of tragic or, or devastating and challenging circumstances as well. The Marable family being a perfect example of that, which I believe is also part of why we, we have such a close connection and why I very much feel as part of the extended family, if I may. And, and, and you see that with everything, you know. Challenging circumstances always have an incredible energy around them and it is our choice as to how we use that and either it goes to a very dark place which is truly tragic or you manage to take that energy and transform it into something extremely powerful and beautiful because it fuels your 
your creativity, it fuels your passion and it fuels your your resilience or your ability of resilience to, to go against the challenge and the adversity and to overcome that and turn it into something that that can be just extremely powerful and beautiful. I, I always loved the image of the, the phoenix hmm. that just rises from the ashes and turns into that magical creation or creature of, of light and, and, and beauty and fire and energy, right? And that to me is a, is a wonderful symbol of how I think about life in general and a lot of challenging circumstances and the tobacco industry and the cigar industry, we all know that is a perfect resemblance of that or a perfect expression of that. So many hardships and so many challenges that we had to overcome and we where all that energy was taken and used for something positive. Ultimately, again, manifested in a product that that brings joy and pleasure to other people. Mm. That's what I love about it, and that's why I never thought about work, you know, in in that sense. Because for me, it's a it's a it's a calling. It's the opportunity to offer a spark of light in our everyday lives. Yeah. Yeah, I these extremely magical products. I agree. And I so many years ago, um you know, I've we've all gone through our learning experiences in life and and learning expand Luciano's got a great comment, tragedy gives us pain, pain is energy that when catalyzed transforms into blessings to others. Pain is the only way we can understand happiness. And that's very true. And sometimes, sometimes the pain is self-inflicted. And by that, I mean that we learn, hopefully we learn from our own mistakes, you know, and it's, um, you know, the, the, it's, it's the grown up version of, you know, the young child, uh, touching the hot stove after mom said, don't touch that hot stove. You're going to, it's going to hurt. And, uh, many years ago, younger in my younger adult life, um, I learned a powerful, valuable lesson through screwing up myself. Yeah. Hard to believe. Right. But through all three of us, had through same. basically, um, I, I had one of those moments in my life where I, I, I said to someone in, in not in so many words, basically saying to this person, that's not my job. It's not a good leader. <laughs> and, and I, I, I just, within a very short period of time, I realized what a horrible mistake I had just made. Oh, yeah. And, um, I, I went back to this person and I apologized and I've been trying to learn from that moment ever since, you know, and, and that is one, one of the things that has stuck with me ever since I had this, this, this thing that happened 25, 30 years ago was I said, I'd never want to miss an opportunity to serve somebody. And when those, and that was an opportunity to serve somebody and I blew it. 
Um, now, fortunately, I was I was able you know I was able to learn from it, but I've been just trying to hammer that home ever since is to not miss an opportunity to serve somebody, and I think we can do that through the community that cigars brings us. And one of the things Reinhard that you have done is built a really strong community for people of the world of people in the world of premium cigars, consumers, manufacturers, retailers. So, and so many others talk to us a little bit about light em up world, light em up lounge, why you started it and what it has meant to you and, and the people who enjoy that since it's begun. But the simple answer is it's just a culmination of everything we spoke about during the show. It's an expression of that. It's a simple and humble wish to serve and to bring people together and to give everybody an opportunity to spend a valuable moment with each other freely and openly expressing their thoughts and their opinions, sharing a cigar in the moment, because the cigar is always that perfect magical wand that brings everybody together and have an open and honest conversation. And because it, I believe, and if I may say, um, I believe because that was always the inspiration and the fuel of it or the the foundation it brought in people who appreciate that and who can contribute to that and at large i think the cigar industry is such a place such an industry and such a community where you find a lot of people who will be able to appreciate that or reflect on that because of what the cigar does to us and what how it brings us all together in terms of being such a unifying element and such a humble product that just takes a step back and gives you the opportunity to reflect whilst you enjoy it and link all your your emotions and your memories and your your sensory experience together into a Something, yeah, I, I keep saying the word magical or or, or mystical, right? Yeah. That's the only way I, I can express it. But but light em up is just that. It's a reflection and manifestation of my wish to to serve, to build community, to bring people together, and to have a conversation over a cigar about anything and everything, pretty much. And I hope that whoever joins or participates in, in, in one of our shows in the live lounges just feels that and and can can share that and take some of that as an inspiration to to their daily lives and then come back and, and have another moment. It's the extended arm of your brick and mortar physical cigar lounge. Yeah. Well, and I'll say from um, for myself, having been fortunate enough to be on the the show and in the live lounge and also watching many 
of the of the interviews and conversations that it is just that it is it's open conversations about um it's interesting because there's not typically kind of like what we've been doing tonight it's there's not typically a great deal of cigar talk it's it's a lot of talk about relationships and life experience and families and ups and downs and things like that and um, not that I don't love hearing from great tobacco minds about, you know, different primings and different processes, because I absolutely do love to learn those things. But I also love learning about people's backgrounds and people's stories. And that's one of the great things that you do. You bring that out in people and 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 um, just in the way that you you converse with them, because you are you you're an uh, you're an natural storyteller and part of being a natural storyteller from your perspective is um helping draw those stories out of the people that you converse with um and i i just love to see the the great variety of people that you've been able to talk to on that on that program two two things to that um i think what's what's special about light em up is also that it's it's all about participation. It's not a static broadcast or format where you just watch or listen, but it's all about people being there with us at the lounge, asking questions. And when do you have the opportunity to sit down with people like a Jeremiah Maripal or Khalid Fuente as a consumer and to really ask them questions right then and there? Whatever it's going to be, you know, there's no script. I, I, I cannot control the questions that our guests or participants will ask, right? But I think we managed to create an atmosphere and an environment of, of comfort and safety and respect, first and foremost, that protects everybody therein. That's one aspect. Um, second aspect, thank you for, for the very kind words and the warm words in regards to where conversations might might lead you. Um, I realized something over and over again during the shows. And, and just last week, for example, we had Robert Glick from Arte Fumar. And I, I said the very same thing to, to Robert during the show. Speaking about certain values about life in general, about our experiences, our families, whatever it might be. And reflecting our, our past, our present, our future, without talking primings, tobaccos, blends necessarily, tells you just as much or even more about the actual product and subject at hand than if you were to just confront it head first. Right. And why is that? Because I think as an artist or a craftsman, whatever you do is an expression and a reflection of your innermost self. And if you're true and honest if you're sincere in your intentions and how you create, 
your products will always be the quintessential manifestation of who you are. And so to sit here and talk with you about life and your experiences and your past, Matt, tells me everything I need to know about you at the core, your heart and soul. And that tells me everything about how about that cigar, you know? And vice versa, I think you having a conversation with me will give you a, a fair idea and understanding of who I am and where I come from, which is expressed hopefully in everything that I do every single day, whether that is, you know, my my, my dedication to Maripol Cigar, because it's all of that. It's, it's family, it's history, it's values, or light them up as just a, a community that has no other intention or purpose other than serving and bringing people together. When we just sit down and, and we, we, we take away all the bullshit and the, and the, the stuff that we put in front in order to hide. And oftentimes, you know, marketing or coming up with fluffy impressions and, and, and words is, is just because we're afraid to show our innermost self and who we are. If you strip all of that away and you go to the core and to the substance and you have an open, honest conversation with the person, with the soul behind it, it tells you everything there there is and everything you need to know about their product and, and their creation. Yes, a hundred percent. I I I don't recall there was a uh, sometime I believe in the twentieth century of some famous business person. I and I don't recall who, but the it's one of those sort of quotes that's always stuck in my head is that um when I think they were being asked about how they were successful and, and things like that. And they said, they said too many business people um, try to push their products and they forget that they are the product that, uh, that they are their, their genuineness with their customers and whether their customer is, is a, a viewer or a listener or a, a consumer that buys their product or a distributor or whatever it may be that if you don't make yourself available to your customers and available, meaning open and honest, um, because you, if uh, available doesn't mean answering the phone, whatever it rings, because if you answer the phone every time it rings, but every word that comes out of your mouth af after you answer the phone is bullshit. Like you said, Reinhard, that's not going to work. And, and I think that you have embraced that, um, that ideal that you are the product and you, you're regardless of what it is, whether it's, you know, helping, helping like-minded people organize events or sensory experiences or the work you're doing with, with Marifel cigars or anything else you have embraced the fact that if you're not available to the people that you are um, serving, then the product doesn't really matter. And I really appreciate that approach. Thank you, man. 
Um, so one of the things that uh, we've been asking people the last couple of weeks, because, you know, November, December. Before you get in. Oh, yeah. Question. Go ahead. I got a quick one. Going back a little bit. Are you still involved in, in the spirit world uh, as far as beverages? And, and you said you had some work on that cognac. Are you doing anything else besides that with your beverages, with your beverage uh, experience? <laughs> well, I, I think when you're handling something as precious and important as a family legacy, Merrifield Cigar, um, that is three full-time jobs and <laughs> some some on top of it and almost impossible to i mean th th those are shoes to fill and and the responsibility to carry that i can i can barely even describe and the sense of responsibility that i feel for it and the the joy that it brings you know is is tremendous so that is, is is really what I do and what I what I focus on. Um, the the wonderful thing is, um, you know, creativity and artistry or whatever you want to call it, craft never stops. So um, there's always sprinkles and sparkles and ideas and and with something as beautiful as a cigar, you have the opportunity to to bring it together and make it one holistic experience. And that's something that I very much focus on and try to offer with Mariful Cigar as well, is making people aware of what it is, what's actually behind it, the, the incredible depth and substance there is in terms of the family history, but also what it can be in terms of the experience to be had and everything that goes around it. So we focus a lot on the enjoyment of the cigar in a, in a more holistic setting and how that could be enriched by things like great food, um, an exceptional drink to go with it, music, artistry, all these things that, that touch you emotionally and that give you uh, an experience of, of, of pleasure or that, that might sometimes even challenge you um, and trigger you not not only in a always fluffy and pleasing way, you know, exactly what we discussed before, to also offer that element of, of, of challenge and, and, and hardship. Tension. But, but tension, exactly. Yeah. And, and that creates something that is so much more than just the sum of its parts. And so I think everything that I have done so far in my life comes into the picture and creates um, something that is much broader than just you know a simple job or a job profile or one specific task. I, I always see it as as a very dynamic, creative expression and 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 service that has many different facets and can express itself in many different ways. I know that's not really a straight or a very direct answer to your question, but um, that's how I how I see it, and that leaves a, a lot of, of of room for for different inspirations, and I think that eventually Merapfel um, cigar and and the, the whole idea of of a maison Merapfel you know, can can have 
a lot of facets and, and different expressions. Okay. One of the reasons why I asked that question is because he was bragging about your uh, mixology skills and how we asked him, what's your favorite beverage? And he said, whatever he makes me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's what made me want to bring that idea up. I know. That it, it brings uh, joy to my heart and a, and a smile to my face. You know, it's, I, I don't know if, if you can compare it. It's, people will probably say it's like riding a bicycle, you know, you, you never unlearn that or, or lose that. And I, I feel the same about hospitality and uh, gastronomy, food and drinks. If you have that in you, it'll always be with you. Mm -hmm. Same for for the music, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a drummer, I'm a singer. You can't put me in front of a live band without, you know, being there, tapping something, clapping, starting to sing. It's just part of my DNA. And, and you know, if, if you put a couple of bottles in front of me um, and, and the glass, um, I'll always whip up a mean drink for <laughs> I love it. Um, well, one of the things we're curious about is different ways that people celebrate their holidays with family and friends. And November and December, um, you know, around a lot of parts of the world are, are very busy with uh, families and friends getting together and celebrating. So uh, tell us one, what, and, and obviously here, you know, in the States, we, it's possible that we celebrate a little differently than you do where you live and, and where other people around the world live. So tell us something that's unique and and that a lot of people would consider um, non-traditional, if if at all, if, if that happens at all with your, your family and friends, that you, the way that you celebrate uh, during uh, Christmas and the holiday season. I'm afraid I'll disappoint you, but but I believe it's so utterly boring in the most <laughs> beautiful and charming way. Um, I, I love Christmas. It's one of my, my absolute favorite times of the year. And just through that wall over there is my, my grandma, and she will turn 103 in January, um, and I'm taking care of her. Mm. So we'll be with grandma. My brother and his three lovely kids and his wife will be with us. My parents, Christine, my lady, um, and we'll be together. And we'll, we usually have fish on the 24th in the evening. And then on the 25th, we'll be with uh, Christine's family. And so, yeah, it's just, it's all about family, food, stories, you know, reading the... The, the, the Christmas story from, from from the Evangelium and having a good drink maybe and mm. uh, and some nice food and a good conversation and it's in in that sense it's it's incredibly boring and I love it <laughs> no that's and and we're kind of the same way my family and I think I mentioned this last week that we we really do uh, there's nothing super out of the ordinary it's I, I love, absolutely love Christmas. I, I've talked about this before. I, and I only listen in my headphones now because I start listening to Christmas music in October 
and I, it annoys everybody else. So I just listen in my headphones so I won't bother other people who don't like to listen to Christmas music in October. That's too but early, my brother. It's not too early. It's <laughs> That's not way too early. I will, I will, uh, I will never change. Um, but one thing we'll do, Matt, is usually we take uh, we we take long walks, and I, I hope that we will have some some white Christmas um, this year. Maybe it, it snowed an awful lot in Vienna over the last couple of days. So right now it's beautiful. It hopefully will so might be an early sign of a white Christmas. Hopefully. Yeah, and then just some long walks, and and I love presents to be honest. Um, oh, of course. I know. Usually, as as grown ups, you you always say, well, you know, another pair of, uh, of socks or you know, <laughs> shorts, because at some point you just lose all creativity as to what you can what you can present your 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 better half with. Um, I like to find these little thingies and I, I love presents and I, I always want to have a little surprise under the Christmas tree. And yes. So yes. I, I, I usually go hunting for a little surprise here and there. Oh, I love, that's one of my favorite things too. Seeing, seeing other people open, whether it's my kids or my wife, seeing them open, open gifts. It's, it's one of my favorite things all year. My favorite thing about Christmas is my sisters come over and they make, Puerto Rican meals. Oh. Arroz con pollo or yeah. penil and totones. Yeah. That's that's yes. what I look forward to. Yes. We we've already uh we've already bought the what what we affectionately from uh Dr. Seuss call the roast beast. Uh <laughs> the a large uh standing rib roast. Mm. Um so that's in the freezer and we'll uh make that for Christmas Eve. Uh, the 24th and um, have, we have the whole family over to our house on Christmas Eve, extended family. And, and then uh, Christmas day, it's just us. Mm. That's very important to us. It's just my wife and kids and the dogs and that's it. Just us. Unfortunately, Christmas Eve and Christmas day, I'll be at the firehouse. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for your service. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I think. Is it time? I think it is. I think it's time. All right, guys. It is now time for this week's Numero de los Muertos. And as always, Numero de los Muertos brought to us by our friends at Smoke In. Right, Numero de los Muertos, episode 225. This week, the number is 
on average, since um, the study was, the numbers are from early 1990s to mid-2000s, and the average number per year is eight. 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 Okay. Um, Fiction or reality? This is fact, real. Uh, and Reinhard, you know the drill with Numero de los Muertos. Please feel free to jump in with questions to try to decipher things uh, for our viewers. If you guys have questions, please throw those in the comments. And uh, uh, let's figure out what this is, guys. Matt, you said uh, there's a, this scientific research or a study done on this. Uh, I shouldn't say study. The, um, it's it's uh, essentially just the the statistics from... Uh, and this is these numbers are from the United States. Um, these are official death statistics, cause of death. And this, I'm looking for more than just a cause. This is also a very specific location for this particular type of cause of death. And it's roughly is, about is it, 15 is a, years. Is the location a workplace accident? Uh, it could be, but rarely. Most of it's accidental. Accidental. Yeah. And, and it's um, 15 years, roughly. Roughly, years. roughly 15 years that these numbers um, show this average of eight per year. On land? On land, yes. Okay. So it's a very recent phenomenon also. Yes. Does it involve modern technology? No. Are vehicles involved? Vehicles are not involved. Are group gatherings involved? Um, it, it's possible. I don't. I don't think it's relevant to this particular stat. Disease related? Not disease related. Does alcohol have anything to do with it? Um, I would say it's possible in some of those cases. Yes, but it's not a. It's not a deciding factor. Hmm. So what was big in the 90s? 90s. Hmm. And I'd say I'll say to steer you off of that that it's particular to this time frame. Mm-hmm. It's something that still happens today but this particular set of stats is from uh, 1990 to 2006. Hmm. That during that time frame it, it averaged eight per year. It's a comparatively low number, I guess, right? Right. Yeah, it is. Now I'll say uh, on average eight per year died from this, but an estimated um, 86,000 injuries. Oh, pickleball. <laughs> Not pickleball. I don't think pickleball existed in 1990. Is it a sure. sport related thing at all? Or- Not sport related. Okay. No. Does it have anything to do with the upcoming holiday season? No. Okay. Death by candy cane. Death. <laughs> no. Death by icicle. Is it a crime? Uh, is it a crime? No. Okay. These are accidental. Accidental. Yeah. Okay. Falling from something? Yes. Ooh. Okay. Falling. Falling from something. something. 
and 38,000 people. 68,000. 68,000. Oh, sorry. 86,000 86, injuries. Injuries a year? Per year Holy on average during that falling, time frame. Falling from something. That's a lot of falls. Is it, is it is skateboarding it, or uh, no. bicycle? Does it have to do with like mountains or anything? No mountains. No mountains. Are we in the desert? It could be. It's could be. not. It's not related to a particular huh? geographical or. Is the thing they fall from something natural or man-made? Uh, man-made. Is it some of these? Great people? question, Reinhardt. Yeah. Is it some of these people that like uh, climbing buildings and they wind up falling off, thinking they're Spider-Man? Nope. Falling downstairs? Not stairs. Escalators? Not bungee jumping, Tony. Not bungee. Uh, not escalators. Mm. Now I'll tell you. Here's a big hint. All right. This uh -oh. is a big hint. Uh oh. When I went looking for this, it's because I was looking for. Um. The this is okay. So I went looking for a stat related to, um, theaters. No, falling uh, from a catwalk stage no. diving falling off the stage no stage not, not stage diving i was looking for stuff related to theaters movie oh. theaters oh. and um live theaters okay you know stage theaters yeah uh, that's what took me down this rabbit hole but they they don't delineate out falling yes Fall? jason pole falling off the balcony so i I had heard a story about somebody who fell off a balcony at a theater. Okay. And right away I thought, hey, that's a good idea for Numero de los Muertos. Well, all the balcony death stats are like balconies on hotels, yeah, balconies right. on apartment buildings. It didn't delineate between theaters and, and all that. So th these are all mixed into one. But uh, I was actually surprised when it was only eight per year on average. 86,000 a year fall off a balcony 86,000 injuries Holy. are yeah and <laughs> in so theater? Yeah. 70 big surprise here yeah. 70% of the cases were male okay. big surprise right, right. Um, <laughs> but I was also surprised by this 63% of those were adults I was concerned that a lot of those were going to be yeah. kids yeah, but right, it's not the, right. the majority are adults um, so that's why Reinhard, your question about alcohol probably comes into play there. Um, uh, what is it? 94% of injury events occurred at the home and 24% of patients uh, were hospitalized and eight patients on average per year died. Okay. Hmm. So I, yeah, I, I just couldn't break it down by just theaters only. Yeah. I really wanted the theater step, but the, they just don't have that. So that's all right. That's all right. So, so that was this week's numero de los muertos. All right. Let's jump into the lightning oh, round. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's over. right. We got to, we can't skip over this. So I will say that I like this rum a lot because um, it's not too sweet. Some rums, if they're if they're heavy molasses rums, they're just way way too sweet. We were talking about balance earlier. This one has balance. It's got that grassy sugarcane natural funk to it, but it does have enough sweetness. Um, the texture is a little too thin for my 
taste, um, but I do really enjoy it, and um, it's got a great nose. Matt, so, is it funkiness as in high ester, like Jamaica, or more like natural sugarcane juice, like in an agricole, where it's yeah. green, grassy? Yeah, it's more that green, grassy... Um, uh, I guess that's when I say funk, that's kind of what I mean. It's, it's sort of got that grassy natural, um, um, almost herbaceousness kind of to it, but I, I enjoy it. Uh, I, if the texture was a little thicker, I would just be in love with this. It's called chairman's reserve, the forgotten cast. Hmm. Very nice. Yeah, it's a it's a really good pour. I really enjoy it. So if they have, I would want to learn more about the distillery and see if they try some other varietals from that distillery to find one that maybe has a little more age because that can tend to bring on the uh, thicker, more um, dense texture. But yeah, very Let's nice. See how old this one is. Um, it does not. Yeah, rums. Depending it on where it's extra from. aged, actually. extra aged. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Which usually doesn't say an awful lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Doesn't, doesn't. <laughs> and it's probably a blend from different barrels and different, different years. So, um, but yeah, it's a nice, it's a nice pour. Thank you for this one. No problem. All right. Let's jump into the lightning round brought to us by our friends at JC Newman. America's oldest family-owned premium cigar maker, creators of the popular Brickhouse, Perla Del Mar, Diamond Crown, and The American. J.C. Newman Cigar Company operates out of their 112-year-old El Relo Cigar Factory in historic Cigar City, Tampa, Florida. For more information on their cigars or visitor experience, please visit jcnewman.com. All right. So, Reinhard, these are the fun questions not related to cigars in any way, shape, or form. If you could hear the thoughts of one living person for 10 minutes, who would it be and why? Oh, my lady. I'd be curious. Mm. <laughs> you are very brave. I commend you. Bring it on. <laughs> I am I am not brave enough to to hear my wife's thoughts. I'm not. I don't. Nope. I'm not brave. I'm not, I'm scared. I admit it. I ain't doing it. I admit it. <laughs> All right. So Reinhard, if you were about to get into a fight, what would your soundtrack music be? Good old fashioned fisticuff. <laughs> <laughs> I always loved Hans Zimmer. So oh. I, I would love to, to get a soundtrack from him. Would you want an original or would you want to take if, if you if you were to take from one of his movies, what what's your favorite Hans Zimmer uh movie score? Last Samurai. Oh yeah, that's yeah. a good one. And I'll tell you why. I there, there, there's many great ones where the music is, is incredibly ex impressive and expressive. But I think that in Last Samurai it's funny we're going we're going back to the same points we discussed but the the pain and the hardship in in the main character is just so perfectly expressed in the music and when you think about the the, the final 
part of the score, the last piece of music, you know, there's there's like a, a whining sound almost in mm-hmm. that that traditional Japanese instrument. It almost sounds like a violin, but it but it's not. Like, right. And that it, it it tears my heart apart, but in the yeah. most positive and loving and caring and hopeful way, even you know, that that idea of hopefully he found peace somewhere right. in the tranquility of the mountains. And that expressed in the music is just yeah no i he's he's been one of my favorites i mean john williams is obviously i mean well i won't say obviously in my opinion john williams is the greatest of all time but hans zimmer is one of my absolute favorites i still have a soft spot for backdraft even though it was one of his earlier Mm -hmm. films i i love the stuff he did on backdraft because it was just so raw and uh even though i know from a firefighter perspective it's a very unrealistic film raul i'm i'm sorry about that but the music the score mm-hmm. from Hans Zimmer was was really really well done. Mm-hmm. Um, so let's do the. You want to do it? Uh, no, you go ahead. What's your? When it comes to fast food, what's your most overrated fast food and underrated fast food? If you even eat fa- fast food, right? Very rarely, I have to say. So I have limited experience with it. Um, What's overrated? Everything. I think just a simple <laughs> burger is overrated. Yeah. I know I'll get trashed. No, that. that's there's nothing wrong with that. Especially when it's just plain with nothing in it, right? If it's two pieces of bread with, with a brick of meat in the middle. Right. Especially when it comes from, from one of the fast food chains, then I'm like, yeah, what's, yeah. what's the point, you know? <laughs> It, it, it'll, it'll feed you like and barely you're satisfied for like five minutes and yeah. then you know all the sugar kicks in and you start craving again but yeah so so that's probably overrated underrated good fries oh yes yes mm-hmm. yeah fries fries really make it for me yeah. i mean if the if even if the burger is really well done, I I, I mean properly done, properly. I, not well done. <laughs> if it's if it's properly cooked and and nicely seasoned and prepared with great ingredients, but the fries are terrible, yeah, it kind of kills the experience. It does yeah, it does. And I, also, you know, usually when I try to, or or when we're out and about and I meet people and you. Even though you're not super hungry, and you say, "Well, okay, let's let's have a nice salad or some some grilled chicken, whatever," but there's a group of people, then you, I'll always say, "and and get us an extra portion of fries, and we'll share it." You know, so yes. it's, it's that something that brings everybody back together, and it's yes. one thing you put in the middle to share. Oh yeah, I don't get to eat my fries when I have fast food. With my wife. She eats all the fries. And she says, but, she, but before you order, she says, no, I don't want any fries. Oh, no. She gets her own, too. Oh, she gets her own, too. The but Irish, then she takes the your Irish order. comes out of her when it comes to fries. Um, that's why I order tater tots when we go out. Oh, she doesn't like tots? No. Oh. Not we, as much as she likes fries. Just yesterday, we, my family and I went to have um, uh, updated family photographs taken. And afterwards, we went to have sort of a late lunch. But we, we said, okay, we're... We, we have dinner later, so we're just going to stop at a, a pub and get a few appetizers to share. 
and this place had chili cheese tater tots yum <laughs> and they actually made the chili in their own kitchen and it was yes. oh my goodness so the whole family just dove into those and mm-hmm. they were a big hit definitely um all right justin all right reinhard you ready the zombies are coming you get to pick three people from the cigar industry on your zombie apocalypse survival squad who do you pick and why? It's funny. Every time I watch your show, I think about uh, which ones would I take? Mm-hmm. And then you come on the show and you're still unprepared as fuck. Now you're on the spot. <laughs> now you're on the spot. Okay. Um, <laughs> I would have to pick George Brightman because I I am blessed to consider him a brother and a, a most dearly loved friend now. And um, you know, we we try to get together weekly or just regularly, at least, to to smoke cigars together and uh, discuss tobaccos, cigars, history, everything. And I don't know any other person with such a broad knowledge and understanding and experience of the industry at large, like George, um, incredible palate. Um, so in terms of what there is to learn about tobacco and cigars, he's, he's just a legend and a, a lexicon. So he'd have to be there. Yes. And you need somebody that you can outrun. (laughs) (laughs) We say that, we always say that jokingly. Um, Or somebody who has the firepower, has a lot of guns. (laughs) Somebody who has a lot of guns, I guess. I don't know. Uh, Or somebody who can uh, provide you with uh, shelter or transportation, transportation, (laughs) food. Um, I'd love to take Jeff Borshewitz. Yeah. He's, uh, I think he's an extremely smart businessman. He has a, a wide spectrum of, of things that he's involved with, um, whether that's in the agriculture, the retail side of things, the political slash um, lobbying and fighting for our rights. And so I think he has a, a lot of fighting power. He has a lot of drive and energy. A lot of stamina in terms of business mindset and entrepreneurial spirit and and lastly i of course i would take jeremiah because the whole thing needs to go down in style and uh, <laughs> with you know uber luxury so yes here's my dream squad i love that Good one fantastic all right let's uh let's jump into this week's notable smokables everybody and those brought to us by our friends at luciano cigars notable cigars notable passion notable purpose uh so each week we name a cigar that we smoked recently that was notable to us now this could be a cigar that's been on the market for many decades that we just smoked for the first time in a very long time or this could be a cigar that's brand new to the market that we smoked for the first time ever uh, now, Reinhardt, obviously, you're mostly smoking uh, stuff from Marifel 
cigars. But if you get spoiled, a chance to jump, yeah, I know it's spoiled. But if you get a chance to jump outside of the the Marifel family of cigars, uh, is there something you smoked recently that really stood out to you? So thankfully, I'm part of um, the Cigar Journal Blind Tasting Panel, so I mm. get to experience quite a few different cigars um, and recent additions to the market. Um, but blindly, so I don't know what they are, which is a tremendous learning experience. The unfortunate thing with that is <laughs> I can't tell you whatever um, I, I found interesting out of that pack. Yeah. Uh, no, but just for real, uh, one thing that um, that really struck me, and I thoroughly enjoyed the cigar, also because I I, I love the guy behind it and everything about the brand uh, was a. Cochon Volant from the Aviator Series from Principal Cigars. Darren Chaffee. Mm. Yeah. I have a shout out to, to Darren. He makes some incredible stuff and he doesn't get the recognition for it that he deserves, I find, because he's a very humble person and he doesn't like to put his face front and center of every show, social media, and yeah. the industry in general. But um he deserves a lot of credit for the stuff he does. I have, I have smoked one of his cigars. It was it was Principal. a long time ago. Principal? Yeah. Yeah. I've got a couple of those. There. Accomplice, I think, is one that I, I really I know the one that I smoked. I because I take pictures mm -hmm. now of every cigar. I, I used to paste the bands in a notebook, yeah. but that, since the days of smartphones, I take pictures. Yeah. And um and usually leave a few notes but i remember really enjoying that cigar that i had the band's like usually a fabric um, band i think it was it. a it was a, a a ribbon or a fabric yep. instead of paper yep. uh, i was uh, but the cigar was mm -hmm. great flavor great aroma really nice one yeah absolutely um justin what was your notable this week um i'm going with something i was i mean it's a, a classic but camacho corojo i had one mm. sitting around for a couple years now I'd, dove in the box and you know had that on a, a little drive back and forth and uh, it was a good one yeah. very nice mr ramos notable it was notable because it knocked me on my ass <laughs> <laughs> red meat lovers oh the the new one the new one mm. i was uh even though i heard it was strong i'm like yeah whatever i'll eat something before and but yeah, it put me on my ass. It, strong. It heavy. Yeah, strong. Yeah, I haven't smoked this year's yet. Um, I'm excited to try it. I have one that uh, I'm waiting to light up. Seven course meal before you eat it. <laughs> right. Well, so I'm one of those weird people that doesn't really affect me. I've I, I could smoke I could smoke a Neanderthal first thing in the morning, and I'm it doesn't I don't feel a thing. I'm one I'm weird. I'm very strange. Not weird. I'm the same way. Yeah. 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 I just don't, it doesn't really hit me. It's, I think twice in my life I've had a cigar where I felt that, that strong cigar feeling that people talk about. Um, I'm just weird. All right. Then Saturday morning, let's get together. And <laughs> smoke one. You, I'll give you one red meat lovers and you can smoke it. <laughs> like 6 a.m. Yeah. yeah. As soon as you get up, yeah, yeah. brush your teeth and let's smoke. <laughs> I'll think about it. I'll, I'll let you know. Um, so my notable this week uh, was one that I hadn't smoked in years. Um, not, I mean, not like a ton of years, uh, maybe two or three years. 
the Tatuaje um, Nuevitas Esteli. Um, and I bought a box of them when they first came out, or I guess the, it was sort of a re-release. It was like Pete's first ever cigar back in 07 or whenever it was, 04. Oh, yeah. And um, then he, when he re-released it, I want to say in 2017, 2018, somewhere in there, I bought a box um, and found one in my humidor a few days ago and smoked it. And man, I just really like that cigar because it's that Esteli version. So it's got, you know, a little more Lajero in it. It's a little amped up, but just great balance. Um, great pop. You know, the aroma on it is just so spicy. Uh, but then the sweetness that you get on the palate is man, Love that cigar. I hadn't smoked one in a couple of years. So, you know, it's good finding those, you know, remembering those cigars. Yeah. Like, oh, I forgot how good this one is. It's like finding and rediscovering a band. Totally. That's a good, <laughs> that's a good example. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, all right. Uh, so that was this week's Notable Smokables brought to you by Luciano Cigars. Improving lives through fine cigars. Visit LucianoCigars.com to learn more. All right, let's talk about the coming attractions for the rest of 2023. What? And those are brought to us by A.J. Fernandez. Born and raised in Cuba, A.J. Fernandez now produces unparalleled premium cigars in Esteli, Nicaragua. The A.J. Fernandez portfolio of cigars provides blend strength and flavor profiles to match the preferences of any premium cigar consumer. Whether it's New World, Diaz de Gloria, San Latano, Enclave, or Bayas Artes. You are sure to be satisfied with a premium cigar from AJ Fernandez. All right, guys. So we only have two shows left in this calendar year. Next Monday night on December 11th, we have Ed Trevino from Luciano Cigars. And then closing out the year, our last show of the year uh, is going to be on December 18th. And that's when we do our year in review show. Not to be confused with the Cigar of the Year show. That's different. This uh, the, the year in review show on the 18th. That's when we uh, take the box off the wall with all the bands in it. Talk about the stuff we smoked during the year. Uh, we'll talk about some of the bigger uh, newsworthy events of the year in premium cigars. Uh, and give a chance to say thank you to our viewers and stuff like that. So uh, that's coming up on the 18th. Uh, and then leading into 2024, already, I believe our Cigar of the Year uh, show is going to be on January 8th. Mm. Um, and then we have some guests already on the books for the rest of January. So we will make sure you guys know about that. But feel free, if you guys miss us, email us, call us. Yeah. We'll yeah. respond. Hit us up on Facebook, Instagram. Yep. Yeah. All that, fun All that fun stuff. Uh, well, Reinhard, my friend, my brother, we are so grateful that you got up so, so early for us this morning. Uh, we, we just had a fantastic conversation. We appreciate uh, your heart, your openness, and your perspective. And uh, we wish you and yours a fantastic close to 2023, a great holiday season. And brother, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you so much for having me. What a privilege. Thank you. Thank you. What a pleasure. We appreciate you. All right, viewers and listeners, guys, we are so grateful to you, as always, for watching live on YouTube and live on Facebook. Thank you so much for being the absolute best part of How About That Cigar. We appreciate you so much. Take just a minute 
go to all of our channels, go to the YouTube channel and hit the subscribe button so you don't miss anything that we have going on. Uh, follow us on Facebook and like us on Facebook. You will find us on all your favorite social media platforms at HBT Cigar. If you have questions for any of us, you can email us on the website, howaboutthatcigar.com. And of course, guys, until we see you next time, burn cigars, not bridges. Thanks, guys. Any comments, opinions, viewpoints, or statements presented or uttered by guests on the HBTC podcast, HBTC live video streams, and all other media from HBT Media LLC are solely those of the individual and do not necessarily represent the opinions or viewpoints of How About That Cigar or its parent company, HBT Media LLC, any of our advertising partners, or the premium cigar industry. The primary purpose of How About That Cigar is to entertain and to encourage activity and growth within the community of people who enjoy or want to learn about the enjoyment of premium cigars.